everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zacchaeus Shaw. How you doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing good today, brother. Good. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing very well. We had a very successful golf outing today. Yep, yep. Um, that's just how we do. We take care of business every single day. Every day we had to take care of some of the homies yep. on the course, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep, I love it. I love it. So we have a very special guest today. I want you to introduce him. It's time for the world to know about him. I mean, a lot of people already do know about him, yeah. but now it's another uh, few networks that he's going to be introduced to. So I'm happy about that. Absolutely. So today on the podcast, we brought in a special guest who not originally from Sioux Falls, but living in Sioux Falls, been doing some big things. He's a co-owner of East River Farms uh, Medical Marijuana Dispensary here in Sioux Falls. We have Cam Young. How's it going, my man? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate the the invite. So absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. So Cam, we want to jump right into this. Like I said, a lot of people know about you, but not enough. I feel like you know what I'm saying. I I feel like there's tons of people that need to hear exactly the light that you shine, and they need to hear more about you, Cam. You know yourself there. So why don't you tell all of us exactly about you, how you grew up, where you you know how did you get to where you're at today? Well, I guess a little bit about me growing up, you know, originally from Memphis, Tennessee, um, born and raised and moved to Sioux Falls, I want to say about 2006. I moved to Sioux Falls after a couple of kind of tragic events in my family, decided to move. It was a good time to move with my father. Um, and at that time, my family was OK with that. The people who I was, I guess, surrounding myself with. So, Right. How old were you when you left uh, Memphis? I was uh, 17 years old when I okay. left Memphis. So, so you a, a grew young, up, up yeah, like I said, grew up up there for the most part. 17, young man at that point, you know, right. you have all like the foundations and like really pretty much who you are um, taken right. care of at that point. So right. who did those, you know, your foundation, a lot of the reason why you are the way you are, some of the circumstances that you grew up with, who helped set those foundations for you growing up in Memphis? Because I heard in Memphis, it's, not always the easiest place to grow up. Super tough place to grow up. I would say a lot of my foundation is really just my family, which kind of includes my, I would say my grandmother yeah. on both sides, grandmother uh, and grandfather on my father's side. And most importantly, my mom's side of the family. They kind of put me in a situation where like, hey, uh, it's going to be school and church for the most mm -hmm. part. Right. I think you get like a lot of your morals and values through whatever you kind of put yourself around coming up and coming up early is like, hey. Church was an option. Basketball was an option. Like I said, similar stuff that I see around here, just really trying to stay out the way of any gang, drugs, and violence mm -hmm. for the most part. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, I was going to ask, what was like the biggest 
difference, I guess, adjusting from Memphis coming to Sioux Falls, especially in the early 2000s? I would just say being part of just being a minority at that point, you know, Um, not a lot of African-Americans here in Sioux Falls. And like I said, it's going from having a bunch of African-Americans around you and being to like, hey, you're the one a few in the state, you know. I think this state has something like a 3% African-American population, which is super small, just kind of based on we have less than a million people here. So Right. It's crazy because that's kind of something I dealt with coming back from Vegas, moving here, Mm -hmm. although I'm originally from here, and just growing up, going to some elementary, middle school, some high school out there, then coming here and going to a place like O'Gorman. Oh, yeah. It was literally the biggest culture shock I ever had in my entire life walking into that chemistry classroom and everybody's dressed the same. I'm the only person that's not a hundred percent white, right, you know, right. and I'm just like, dang, like I've never been in that situation. Did you have any of those struggles? Did you feel any of those things? Or? Yeah, I mean, you for sure feel it, but I think by me enrolling in Lincoln high school um, to kind of complete my high school journey sure, um, really helped. You know, I had some, I guess my family had some family friends that lived here. And then also I felt like I was really set up with a, a group, a good group of people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and some people I consider family to this day. So, right. Are those people that you met once you got to Sioux Falls? Oh uh, yeah, the the moment I enrolled in the school, you know, they oh. kind of started putting me around certain people, and, and maybe we didn't link and lock in right away. But I think a lot of people in Sioux Falls or just South Dakota in general really puts a lot of emphasis on who you graduate with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, a, a lot of people I graduated with, I kind of consider family for right. sure. That's actually amazing because there's one thing that we've seen a repetition of on the people that we have on our podcasts, you know, who they grew up with to where they're at now. A lot of them have grown apart, but it seems like you actually have stayed, you know, with a lot of those individuals that you grew up with. I mean, through high school, because I can tell you right now in high school, the high school me to me now, no one wanted to be around me in high school, the high school me. And I can, I can kind of attest to that. You know, I, I'm in a position where, you know, it's like, Hey, having a completely uh, different upbringing, but really still being accepted from, like I said, your peers is really everything, you know. Yeah. And not only that, like allowing me to really grow and unfold. Um, be yourself. Yeah, just truly be myself, and I'm going to do that anyway if you know any, anything about me. Yeah. Right. I have a, like I said, weird sense of humor, and um, <laughs> and like I said, I have a lot of like, like my own struggles, and I think of people just allow that to unfold really without judgment. Yeah, right. absolutely. So let's let's fast forward just a little bit here. You know, obviously we we kind of hear heard and learned about your foundation. You know that structure that you've that you have there. Now, as far as like where you're at today, I want to know exactly how did you get there? How did you become that entrepreneur, Cam? Because you've you've done plenty of business things. Right. I mean, obviously you have the East River Farms currently here. Before that, you were a realtor. Before that, you're working at a bank, right? Yep, yep. How did you continue to learn and grow that success? I would say I enjoyed going to school, mostly for the networking part of it. Yep. Um, And that started in grade school. And really, when it comes to... I guess economics and math, I kind of, those were super easy for me, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like that kind of made it easy to say, Hey man, this is something I want to do. Like the mm-hmm. n- the numbers make sense or I can try to make sense of it, you know? Yeah. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. I want to jump into what you're doing now. Cause mm-hmm. like Daquan said, you, you still are a realtor. 
Yep, correct. I, yep, correct. So I have my license. And so you're running the dispenser you guys opened up last year. Yep, we opened on uh, Black Friday. Um, yeah. It was, it was our first day of the dispensary, so. Take us through that journey. What has that really been like? Because I know you were on the news. You, we talked about that before. Right. And kind of how you kind of wish you didn't do that a little bit, right? Yeah. So, like, can you take us through that journey from, like, the start, how it even came to be an idea with well, you? I always had this kind of interest in government a little bit, you know. I don't know if it's kind of like the press feeling in certain situations or really just being here. I think it was 2020 when we were there. We, we became the first state to pass uh, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Yeah. And I would say just to kind of bring it back a little bit before then, what kind of piqued my interest. I do a lot of traveling, and it seems like when I leave Sioux Falls, I always kind of head west or to the places that actually – have cannabis right um, yeah whether it's colorado whether it's portland california you know um seattle washington kind of spend some time in those areas and it's just something that i thought i could do as long as it was in my kind of background or playground if you will you know right sure and so when things pass i said this is something i'm going to be a part of and really from there just kind of jumped on youtube and trying to figure out ways other people did it and i would say like one of the things that kind of gave me the inspiration to do it is i saw like an 18 year old chick do it all from youtube as well you know mm-hmm. um, where she had her family as investors and at the end of the day they they learned the process on what it would take to get their license locally and really at the state level and i kind of followed that page on youtube right. if you will and just kind of say hey man this is something i want to do and that kind of led to me just really being involved talking to the South Dakota Health Department, our local government, downtown uh, with the city council members right. from Lincoln County, also Minnehaha County. And I did some like close, I guess, other counties, if you will. But right. this was like the most important one, just based on the number of people that are here. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so. And you guys have a great spot, great location right, yep. right off of 69th and Louise. So when you guys started it. I know in South Dakota there was a bit of discrepancy on recreational being passed, like you just mm-hmm. mentioned. With where things are at now, we're still only medical, correct? Correct. What are some of the misconceptions that you're seeing from people out there that are wanting to maybe get their medical uh, license, but they're concerned based off the things that they're hearing? Yeah, I guess just some misconceptions that you're hearing that you'd like to maybe educate people on? I would say um, one of the most misconceptions, I guess the biggest misconception is that you can't own a gun of any sorts, you know, um, or you can't get any type of hunting license or, or anything, you know. The biggest thing with that is, is there's really miseducation and people not taking the time to actually look up what they can and can't do right. as mm-hmm. these things change, you know. Yeah. And maybe that was a conversation when things first passed. But, you know, like I said, uh, two years into it, three years into it, like we have to revisit what's going on and see has things got any better, you know. And I would say like when it comes to really having your medical marijuana card and wanting to be a firearm owner, you just can't go purchase something from a Shields or a Gary's because during the time you purchase a gun, there's an application process and you have to be completely honest as far as. If you hold a medical marijuana card, you know. Right. If you have a gun currently and you don't have your license, you can go to Shields and you can go buy a gun. The misconception is if you own a gun, a lot of people think that those guns are getting taken away and you're saying that that's not true. Yeah, that's not the case. And not only that is like, hey, if you have your license, the only thing you can, I guess, 
South Dakota medical license to purchase cannabis. The only thing you can't do is purchase a firearm while you hold your license. But at any point, you can really reach out to the state and say, hey, I want to turn this in uh, and then pick it back up after you make your purchase. Right. That's great information, actually. That's been a question um, that my sister-in-law actually had as well. And we had discussed the exact same thing. And like you said, I mean, lack of education on even on my end, I was just like, wait. You can hold a gun. What are you talking right. about? To me, I'm just like, you just can't be drunk. Like, or you can't be high and hold your gun, concealed carry. But to know that you can purchase a firearm, of course, on that, as long as you don't hold your license at the time, that's that's valuable information. For and everyone. I also kind of want to speak on what you're saying, too. You know, in the event that you have to use your firearm, you know, from my understanding, if you have anything in your system, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cannabis, whether it's any other type of drug, you're already at fault. Right. Mm-hmm. And so chances are if you live in South Dakota and you don't carry, but you still smoke and I'm sorry, you do carry and you're not going to carry your South Dakota Medicare card and you're in a position where you have to use it. Right. Your situation is no different. I would add to the fact that maybe you, you have a little bit more protection that you have it in your system based right. on you have a card. And mm-hmm. because that's the only thing we have in our state, you know, it's not recreational. It's yeah. It's not strictly medical. And I would just say, like, play by the rules as much as you can. So absolutely. On the uh, topic of safety here, there's one thing that we've been seeing and and we've been hearing about, and that's fentanyl being mixed into local marijuana, not dispensaries or anything. Yep, yep. Actually, it's been turning, um, I feel like, a lot a lot of more people to go to dispensaries and yep. actually purchase there right. um, on that. How are you guys staying compliant and ensuring that, of course, what you guys are producing is safe. All of our product at East River Farms or really any dispensary in the state of South Dakota is going to go through some type of testing, you know, some yeah. type of third party testing. Mm. I believe in Flanger, there's a company called Cannabis Chem Labs. Mm-hmm. I want to say they do about 95% of the testing um, in the state. Uh, on top of that, you know, if they were to be, let's say, backed up or whatever the case would be, I think the health department does have a, a testing facility of their own. Mm. So we know that all the products are tested before we can even accept them. Okay. You know, so so yeah. they're getting tested more so at the grow. Yeah, they're getting tested at the grow or the, the manufacturing facility. Okay. And then once they get the results that they can, that is passed and that they can transfer it. Right. Transfer it. They can actually transfer it to the dispensaries at that point. So. Right. What are some of the opportunities you see in the marijuana industry for people out there looking to get in medical marijuana industry. What do you see out there? I feel like it's kind of so brand new to South Dakota that I see uh, a number of different things, you know, and the biggest one right now is going to be transportation. If, if anybody had an eye and they wanted to get in, you know, a lot of what we're dealing with is it's easy to, to grab something close by when it comes to manufacturers and cultivators, Yeah, but it's the stuff that's out West five, six hours away. You may catch some of those people doing like if they have enough business on the side of the state, they'll send someone out once a week or whatever the case may be. Mm. But just overall, like I said, if there was a plate to get in, I think transportation and just really beating like the liaison between dispensaries, cultivation and manufacturers would be a place I would start. Right. Okay. Just make it a lot easier for somebody. to Yeah. Just make it hands off for them. You know, I think they have a lot going on just kind of being in and out of their facilities. We all have our own problems and that's been like the, (laughs) the biggest thing that's going on to this. It's new. This isn't like working with a a corporate company like Verizon or AT&T or whatever the case may be. You know, I think there's a bunch of local people that have an entrepreneur mindship and they decide to take a chance on themselves for 
like I said, themselves and their family. Right. I think at one point we we're going to all back, like laugh, look at this and laugh at it. Just like, Hey, the problems that we had early on. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's really cool. Just seeing all the opportunities, like we were just talking about come to Sioux Falls and provide really for the community in a way that I feel like we really need. Right. Have you seen or have you had any conversations with anybody more so in the government or in those capacities that you feel like they want to help make changes and make things better? That's kind of a tough question. And the way I would answer that is just like through whatever experience early on, whether it's dealing with city council members or just dealing with, you know, like I said, people who have a say, lawmakers in South Dakota, they're conservative, like their mindset. And what they stand for and who they represent really won't allow them to speak on this with their hearts. They may have voted on it, but, you know, like when it's time to vote with the power that they have, right. they almost like, again, they're the voice of the people. They have to go with what the people say. It makes it a little tricky. So, right. So being a part of the community, I mean, you're helping a lot of individuals. This is medical marijuana, you know, when it comes out there, I feel like. And you're very involved into the community. What I want to know is exactly is how has that helped you kind of grow your network? I mean, being so involved, I'm sure you see different people on a day-to-day basis, obviously being involved with the mayor, um, being involved with different government entities, you know, how has it helped you build your network? And I actually haven't been involved with the mayor as much as I would like. I would actually love to sit down with them and maybe kind of pick his brain. I guess it's his overall mindset on what it means to really have medical cannabis and recreational cannabis in Sioux Falls. You know, Mm -hmm. there's been some things that he said that I disagree with. And Mm -hmm. and again, I just want to have a conversation with him. But to kind of speak on what I guess you're asking when it comes to the community, just the different faces that come through the dispensary is really crazy. You know, yeah. we, we sat between two different Avera hospitals and I want to say also a behavioral hospital and yeah. you wouldn't believe the the people are leaving their appointments right from there and coming to, to us, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something I necessarily didn't really expect right away or yeah. whatever the case may be. It gives me a good feeling inside to say, Hey man, you're doing something positive. You're doing something that like, just to give these people some type of relief. Yeah. Right. You know, Absolutely. because these aren't like, you know, your, your ordinary checkups or physicals or whatever the case may be. These people have like real life, like problems going on and the conversations and that they're bringing to us is like really a lot of inspiration kind of yeah. like pulls from that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to dive into that a little more about the mayor. What are his stances on it as far as, with the wreck and the medical. Well, I think that just kind of from what I watched on the video that was shot at the park, I guess the library, the local library last year mm. was just kind of eye opening. I didn't think that when it comes to things that we were voting on, you can have like really the government officials, you know, whether it was again, the mayor or any of his counterparts that spoke right at the library. It's Something didn't feel right about that. So I would say his stance is really just like a negative stance on cannabis in general. But I would argue this is probably the best thing that's and probably one of the things that's saving our community. You know, mm-hmm. when you look around and kind of see what's going on with just the opioid ec- epidemic, the amount of alcohol we pour in the state is is almost criminal. I would argue kind of cannabis is giving us a, a true balance. But do you feel like that could be lack of education there as well? If you're the mayor and you are speaking well about something that is in the community, but you haven't stepped inside of it and spoke with, you know, those local owners. You haven't met the mayor. You haven't talked to him directly. You know, I feel like he could answer, he could ask questions that he may need answered to really give him a better understanding of exactly what you guys are doing in the community 
and how positive, I mean, I feel like it is, right. you know, for the community. Is that something that you feel like needs to be done as well? Like he needs. And I think it all, all really starts with the conversation, but I think a lot of what's being put, uh, put in front of people, it's a big show. It's a big game. It's politics. You yeah. know, he's actually seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like down to earth, young. And I, I know a lot of people that know him and they say the same thing. Like I said, I'm just kind of curious to have a conversation with them just to see, you know, just really how you feel or just you kind of yeah. just representing the majority of the voices who falls. Absolutely. You know, so I can understand that. And kind of going on that as well is, and just how important the community is um, on there. Can you explain to our viewers exactly the different strains of marijuana? And then after that, I'd like to kind of know exactly how do you inform that to like any of your community members who come in and purchase from you as well? Well, just on like a really like novice base, you know, just when people come into to the store, you know, they're probably buying one of three type of strands. They're either going to buy a hybrid, which is going to be kind of fall 50-50 in line with indica and uh, sativa. Mm-hmm. And then there you have it, the other two, indica and sativa. So it's kind of like a balance of what this stuff tests at, you know, how long did it take to grow? Mm-hmm. What's the terpene profile of this? And But when it comes to the community, I would just say like, Hey man, find what works for you. It's really hard to kind of produce the same thing. This is not medicine. This is not big pharma. Even like I said, Hey, you could have the, you can have the same exact strand from the same mom and it may not give you the same effects, you know, a year or two okay. later. And in my opinion, it's really hard to kind of repeat the thing. And if, if someone could do it, say, Hey man, this worked for this and this and that mm-hmm. like solely for everybody, they would have a lot. Uh, like I said, a, a lot of clients to work with because that's the overall goal, you know. Yeah, that repeat. Yeah, just to repeat, you know, to say, hey, this is going to help me with this every time, and that's not necessarily what you get in cannabis, you know. Right. So somebody will come in as medical marijuana. Do they come and is a is it a prescription that they have to get, or is it just something where they can come in and kind of choose? No, what you're getting from the state is just really, uh, I guess, for me, a doctor is just really a certificate. Oh, to, okay. for the state saying, hey, man, I certify this person to to be a patient of medical cannabis in the state based on our regulations, you know. Mm. And then from there, they kind of give them a, an allotment of what they can purchase, you know. And okay. that's roughly three ounces every 14 days, you know. So you can buy six ounces in a month. Right. Okay. Which isn't, like I said, it's not too bad. But you see a lot of people, like I said, self-medicating kind of go through that you know they're they're calling in hey has it reset (laughs) has it reset we want to come we want to get something else you know so right do you see a lot of competition with the other dispensaries or do you guys kind of have you guys ever come together is there something for you guys to kind of bounce things off of each other well competition is definitely there you know you have three other dispensaries open in sioux falls well i I would say two right now and then one in t but i think you have a couple more open in this i guess late spring early summer Okay. And that will kind of round out the five that are going to be in Sioux Falls. But you just kind of have to set yourself apart when it comes to just like the relationships that you have with different cultivators and different uh, manufacturers. Just try to be like have some exclusive things to set yourself apart as far as what's going on. But for the most part, man, people do what they need to do to shop online. And they know what we have in stores. They'll come in with their phone and pictures. I need this right here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... Cannabis is nothing new. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, but we just need to give people uh, as much access as we can. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. What's one thing that you feel like people should know about your guys's dispensary compared to, I mean, other, any other dispensary, something that you feel that everyone should know about you guys. I would just say from a community standpoint, you know, um, we have a group of re- realtors and 
it's kind of a little bit of representation of everything in Sioux Falls, you know, mm-hmm. where like super diverse, like right. diverse group, if you will. And so I think that we have done the business that we have just based on that. Like it's kind of we're known in the community for one reason or another, you know, it's, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. this is still a small town. It's not like a city or anything. So, so. Right. Absolutely. Well, and that's something I noticed getting into like the real estate world is how much you actually do get to network with people, meet a bunch of different people. Is real estate something that you still look at as something you would want to put more focus on as the dispensary gets up and running more consistently, maybe without you guys being there? Or what are some of the plans as far as that goes with real estate and the dispensary for the future? I think just in real estate, I would love to get back uh, in real estate just in a, from the standpoint of just I love helping people. You know, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, we're definitely helping people with medical cannabis. Absolutely, you are. Like I said, I, I just need to find a time to get back into it and jump back into it the way I would like to. You know, yeah. um, it does take a lot of time and attention and, and effort to, like I said, even get a few deals closed. So, right. Yeah, I think they say the top or the average agent only closes like five to six a year. Right. Total. Really? right. It, it isn't much, but in some of the years I was active, you know, that just kind of came with minimum phone call and minimal effort. It's definitely about the work that you put in, though, at the same time, or at least getting in front of people so they know who you are, stuff like that. And I would just say, like, when it comes to real estate, the biggest thing I took away from it is just, like I said, being in the hope friends and and having explaining the process from start to finish um, right. from whether you're buying or selling. Um and making it through the the entire process yeah. and helping people that I know or help with some couple couples that I also put together, you know, right. that also like, that does a lot for me personally. So help refill you kind of yeah. feel like yeah, you're just actually like, like giving back, you know, and it's not just necessarily all about a check. It's kind of a, a, a process in it all. Absolutely. And like I said, it's definitely something that still has my interest. Right. Um, and between the two it's like, Hey, it's an overall, like business person slash helper slash yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, middleman is what it is you know you if i'm being honest you know for sure absolutely for sure. absolutely all right so this is the part of our episode where we actually open up questions for you to ask us what we call is round table mm-hmm. so these are questions that you've thought of during the time that you've had to come here of course and during the time you've been sitting here and we were asking you questions so i want you to fire away and ask us all the questions that you have for me and zacchaeus I think one of the questions I had is like, hey, you, you guys seem to be, like I say, really good people. We've known each other in a roundabout way yeah. um, mm-hmm. for some years now. And I would just say, like, one, overall, just how you guys been doing. Um, we've grown a lot. You know, I found myself having, like, old people moments every day, <laughs> yeah. every day almost. And I just want to know, like, how you guys been just in general and what are you doing nowadays, you know, outside yeah. of the podcasting. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I can, I, I can say, you know, speak for myself on that. I feel like I'm doing great. There's one thing that I always tell myself and that's, this is a marathon. It's not a race. So anything that I'm doing in my daily life or anything like that, I like to take it just one step at a time. Um, because it's so easy to always just try and think about how what's the quickest way I can get to the finish line. Right. You know, it's so easy for that. And the people that end up doing that, they end up falling behind. Those are the ones that exert themselves, you know, the energy um, on that. So I feel like every single day I fill my cup up by not only doing this as far as overstepping poverty, um, but I'm also, of course, in finance at Billion Soda. So I can help customers there as well. There's there's one need that everyone has, um, especially in a big city like this, and that's having transportation, mm-hmm. you know. And that's one thing that people 
don't understand. Like I'm here to help someone have transportation to take their kids to school, to get to their next job so they can put food on the table, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, produce an income. And that's, that's my mindset of it. And that's what gives me, again, that's what fills my cup on there. So I'm doing great. I feel great. I probably can be better, but I feel like I'm at the best right now. So I can think I ask you this? Up. Where do you get that mindset from? Is it, you know, like your upbringing? Is it something like a mentor has showed you? Mm-hmm. You know, what, do you, what does that come from? Honestly, it's, it's just as growing up, I learned that having a healthy, positive mindset, because there was, there were times in my life where I would just be upset at the world. And the only thing that that would do is just bring worse things onto myself. I wasn't good, good around other people. And I said, like in high school, I was like, there are people that probably didn't want to be around me. And that's because I wanted so much attention that I would act out in different ways, you know, and I would, I would always be upset that other people, you know, got attention from whether it's their family members or um, that they had other things that I didn't have, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that mindset kept giving me just negativity all the time. And so as I continue to learn and grow, I learned and I understood that, listen, I mean, if you don't have a positive mindset, then your day is going to be crap from the moment you wake up, you know, and they always say, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? That's a, that's a true statement Mm -hmm. because you wake up and then all of a sudden you're just negative. I promise you the people around you are going to notice that you're negative and they're going to feel negative. And that's one person you don't want to be around. Right. So it's just, it's just through growth um, and through that growth and just the pain and understanding exactly that positivity is the best way to go. That's how I learned that. I guess it's just experiences just going through tons of different experiences and just knowing, Hey, right. Today's a, today's a beautiful day. Today's a great day. For sure. Yeah. Um, like I would just say in this world is so tough to say positive, you mm-hmm. know, because outside of your bubble that I call home, you know, it's like anything can change your day. Absolutely. You know? And you have, you have to have like the mental capacity to really work through that and, and deal with anything that like, yeah. I absolutely agree. They say, don't let five minutes ruin 24 hours of your day. No. You know, if someone, I think the best one actually I, I heard is if <laughs> say you have $1 million in your bank account. Okay. And then someone came and they stole $5 from you. Are you just going to throw away the rest of the money? Or are you going to, is it time to think, oh, well, you know what? I have all this other stuff. Maybe he right. really needed right. that or right. something. Right. Sure. Exactly. You know, it's all perspective. So and what about you, man? Uh, for me, honestly, over the last few years, I feel like I'm a completely different person than I was a few years ago. As far as the things that I fill my time with, the people that I keep around me mindset the goals of just even with this podcast just starting it from nothing and turning it into this to where this is going to be like our 18th episode you know and I think going through those types of things really changes the way you look at things when you know you can think something in your head and then bring it to life kind of like your thought of the dispensary and just, just a thought and now you have a whole storefront right right yeah I've changed a lot I think lately as an overall I'm great I'm good, feel good, you know, able to go do things, be with friends, family, all those things. But I still think on like a real level, every day is a different day. You know what I mean? And when you talk about it's hard to stay positive, I think one of the things that I've struggled with is it's hard to be aware sometimes of how far you actually have come. Mm -hmm. You know, when you don't take time to reflect on where you've been or where you are now. And I think that self analysis can be difficult. So having people around me, I'll ask, Hey, 
Is there something you see? I, I've reached out to you before. Absolutely. Is there anything where you think I could do a little bit better mm-hmm. or get a little bit better? So I'm great though. I'm really great. I think that just being honest, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, that every day is different, but it is about that mindset, you know, for you growing up in Memphis or Daquan growing up the way he grew up myself as well. You go through stuff and you don't really know that it's any different, especially when you're younger. So those things kind of condition you to just keep going, keep going, right, yeah, keep yeah. going. So yeah, everything's been going good though. And I don't know where that comes from, like within myself, to like to keep going, to keep going, like going, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, like you said, it's like no two days are alike and as men, we just have to step into these days and kind of be strong for not only ourselves, but the people around us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we had somebody on here, Manny Gutierrez and my grandma watched the episode and she was like, Oh my God, I love the episode. Manny just kept saying heavy is the head. Heavy Mm -hmm. is the head that wears the crown. crown. So like, I think just as men or as strong men, I would say, and strong doesn't mean not being vulnerable or anything like that. Strong is being present, being there, not giving up, continuing to be a positive role model and whatnot. As a strong man, like you don't really have an option. No, you don't. (laughs) You don't have an option if you, unless when you realize what kind of world we live in and it is a dog eat dog world, you can't give up. And it is important to find those people that you can be vulnerable around because you can't be vulnerable around everybody, right? So, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's in your DNA. You can't give up or you're just like the the rest of them. You know? And I would add, like, stuff like this or even tuning into watching maybe your favorite podcast, listening to it throughout the day or, like I said, making one. And yeah. one, congrats to you guys for making it to the 18th episode. But two, you know, I think this is like, this is important as therapy, a place to have a conversation Right. With yep. like like minded people, you know, and who who knows who may see this in the world, you know, but right. at the end of the day it's like the internet has done some positive stuff and I'm I'm glad like podcast has become become a thing, you oh, know. Yeah. There's so many different voices, there's so many different thoughts in, in the world and you may hear something that stays with you for forever. For you sure. know, and that you might not have heard on just from the radio or, or television. Right. Yep. I think the perspective Right. Of everybody that we've had on and you coming on here and sharing something that people have questions about, you right. know, and um, us sharing kind of how we're doing stuff like that. People feel that way, too. For sure. So for us to get on here, kind of talk about the things that people want to hear about, but also show that we're relatable. You know, we have a lot of the same things in common. I think that's the best thing about this podcast is we would have never been able to sit down with you and everybody else that we've had on here, if it wasn't for just making the platform right. And I wanted to touch on the therapy piece. Mm -hmm. I think that the podcast, this podcast as a whole has been like the most therapeutic thing I've done in life, in life for sure. A hundred percent because you are, you're being vulnerable. Like the things I talk about and open up about, like that's me. Right. Right. And of course I don't give everything of myself and and just put all my business out there into the world. And some people do do that. But at the same time, having a voice and and understanding that people are listening or people are taking some things away from what we're saying at the same time, I'm healing the traumas or the inner wounds and just being able to talk about them. And then I leave here. Could spend six hours together doing (laughs) the podcast. And I look at the clock like, damn, 
bro, it's been six hours. <laughs> no, for sure. And um, this is kind of what you said, just to be able to get it out. Yeah. You know, just to be able to get out what you like going through and whether it's on camera, off camera, at the end of the day, it's definitely done a lot of positive, I think, in just men's life in general, you know, yeah. because like I said, you can jump online and for the most part, you can find something that relates to you. you right. Know, and, yep. and let's just hope that that's positive. Right. Yep. And it doesn't stop here. No. And I want to flip that back to you. How have you been? I've been good for the most part, man. Um, just kind of like me personally, I kind of had a lot of tragic shit to go on in the past really 2023 but just really remain positive and just be able to pull yourself out of bed yeah, and yeah. it's like some days are tough like for example today it was like a really chill relaxed day for me you know but this also really close friend yesterday Damn. you know to drug overdose and kind of it's not good I'm you know and so that, i appreciate yeah. it but for the most part man it's like i'm always gonna try to do what i can to shoulder really anything that i'm presented with and yeah and figure out how to get through it have you found a way to, obviously there's, everybody copes and deals with things differently. Have you found a way to turn, you know, a lot of the struggles that you have been through? Because I know you've, there's been a lot of tragedy in your life. Right? Sure. So yeah. have you found a way to kind of take those tragedies and transform that energy? Or is it something that you just kind of deal with on your own? Man, at this point, really just numb to the shit. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, so it's it's just like, hey, another thing happened. Another thing, this happened, this happened. And, I, and at this point, you know, I really just try to focus on, like, the certain celebrations of life, you know. Yeah. I may not be one that want to get married myself, but, you know, like weddings are something I really enjoy attending. And I have mm -hmm. a lot of friends that get married or right. will be getting married here soon. So yeah. there's something completely different, opposite than funerals or right. court dates or For sure. Whatever that may be. So, yeah. Have you Absolutely. found anything though that helps you? Because I feel like that's like the natural response as somebody that goes through shit, right? Like tragedies is in this world, you just kind of got to find a way to keep moving. So, we do become numb to things. Just but at some point, that doesn't always work out. Right. Right. I will say cannabis has helped out a lot, whether that just like relaxing me, forcing me to eat. I look at me, I don't have a problem eating, but there's some days it's like, hey, just have to get through it, right. you know. Um, yeah. But I've been probably using cannabis for like the last five, six years, mm -hmm. and that has helped a lot. Wow. And outside of that, man, just traveling is kind of a big thing that I do. Just really finding finding time and space to get away, you know. And yeah. I, I've, <laughs> if you scour the internet enough, you can find some super cheap trips out right. there. Yeah, right. So. We talked a little bit about it. Tell me about your travel. Why do you love to travel? What is it about that? You're just going to, you're really getting a break from reality and then networking. I kind of touched on that. You meet people from all over the world when you travel to these hot places or whatever the case may be. And then some of those conversations that, that you find yourself in are, like I said, really, really helpful. But right. just to be able to say, hey man, I can get away 2,000 miles away, 5,000 miles away, whatever it is, you know, yeah. you have a destination, figure out how to get there. It's almost like challenge like working your way through airports and mm. working your way through car rental places and hotels and trying to do it for cheap as possible you know to mm -hmm. get to your destination yeah no that's dope but travel cannabis is kind of to answer your question or, yeah. or some of the things that i've personally helped with i yeah. mean you used to personally help me so right. yeah that's dope though good i like that no that was uh, a great question we appreciate you asking that um to us do you have any other questions for us i really kind of want to speak on just like overall family i look at you two as big family guys on top of being family guy, just like a 
progressive members in society. You know, right. we, we meet a lot of people that, you know, just say, hey, man, you wish them well <laughs> for the right. most part, you know, but you probably can't help them. But just when it comes down to family and how you're able to kind of maintain your work life, your family life, and then your personal life, me and you play basketball a number of times, you yeah. know, also seen you run some people over in the football field, if you will. <laughs> um, All right. But yeah, th- that'll be my second question is for sure. It's tough because there's one thing that is so easy to do and it's so easy to get caught up in, in that work life because you work all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and anything that you do. And there's, and I'm a very competitive guy, obviously, like you said, you know, playing basketball, football, running people over. He was actually talking about you on the basketball court. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, <laughs> same difference. Uh, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> no, uh, it's, I'm a very competitive person. And so I want to always better myself. And there's times where I have to sit back and I'm like, I got a wife, I got dogs, I got, I got, you know, a sister, mother-in-law, my mom, my family, mm-hmm. I got to give them time too. And that has been a struggle for me. I can definitely admit that, but there are times where like, I'll just be sitting there and I'm just like, well, hold on. You need to make time for those that love you as well. Mm-hmm. How I do that is uh, I'm very blessed to own my own home. Um, and so there's one thing I love to do and that's to have get togethers. I love having mm-hmm. people here. I love cooking. Um, I love doing game nights or anything like that. So I find different ways to get the family together, you know, when it comes to that there. So that's, that's kind of my, my thing, you know, to do. I'm on there. So if I ever like seeing you a text or anything, I'm like, Hey, there's a cookout. You're invited. That's my personal, like, that's how I cling on to like my family members and my friends sure. and whatnot. Like, so don't say no. no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so noted on air. Right. right. I would say for me, the balance thing is it looks different for everybody really. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think there really is a 50 50. And as far as like when my family goes, the way I view it is I don't have to be present 24 hours to be a good father, you know, and mm-hmm. be present and, and, do the things that I need to do. It's all communication. Like if I'm being real about it, like especially with my wife, if she's very understanding. So when I have stuff like the podcast or I have work stuff going on, she does a great job of, of letting me do those things and really gives me the freedom to really chase my dreams. So I know that's not something that everybody has, um, but that definitely helps me in just being able to communicate it. I think when I don't communicate it is when she got an attitude about it, right? Like, <laughs> Rightfully like so. You couldn't even tell me. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, and you learn the hard way when yep, it comes sure. to that type of stuff. But then with my son, I really want to incorporate sports. You know, that's something I grew up doing that I love. I coach football now at the junior high with O'Gorman. Um, and just as he gets older, I want to continue to do stuff like that to have him around those things at such mm-hmm. a young age and, just kind of instill those those things into my son and have that type of relationship to where he can be around me while I'm working. And that's big. That's where I want to see. That's where I see myself is having businesses and my life set up to where daycare is not raising my son. My family, we're raising my son and mm-hmm. we're working and doing the same. You know, we're together. You right. know, I make yep. it a real family business type thing. So it's a struggle, though, mm-hmm. you know, to balance things. But I feel like I can't just sit still anyways. Right. I'll be at home. My wife will go to bed at nine o'clock, nine thirty, and I'm just up anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have the problem of turning it off. Right. And yeah. laying down and going to bed. That's my biggest issue with that stuff. 
you're probably just wired that way, you know. Right, and right. You're wired in the sense that, like, hey, this kind of constant grinder. I think if, if you're lucky enough to find a good person like you described her to be, it's like I said, you're lucky enough to kind of make it through those trying times if there are right or any. So for sure, definitely. So I have a question for you now. Every single person has their own understanding, their own opinion on what overstepping poverty is. Okay. What does overstepping poverty mean to you? Overstepping poverty is trying to give yourself a better life than maybe your parents had. Also, maybe that you, that you grew up in like yourself, you know, right. and just really try to be successful, not live check to check, if you will. Right. But most importantly, I, I think it's just the, the journey, <laughs> the journey of it, you know, because I think we all sit here. It's like, hey, I think we all have bigger dreams than what we've accomplished so far. Yeah. And like, we have to ask ourselves, like, what does that really look like to even try to gauge the vision of that? You know, sometimes it's scary. But it also takes a lot of work and action to to even achieve some of those things, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I have a long way to go. So, right. like I said, it's overstepping boundaries. You know, like when I hear the name, when I hear the title, it's just more sort of like, hey, man, can you really kind of speak on the journey? On a journey, and it doesn't mean that to me. It doesn't mean that like, hey, I'm sitting here, I'm rich today, or whatever the case may be. But we're just trying to do better than what you were doing yesterday what we we're doing yesterday or nope. the generation before us and nope. and make a positive influence on a generation to come so yeah. i love it i love that i was at my brother's graduation ceremony yesterday and it was a native american ceremony one of our recent guests said that 84% of sioux falls students graduate 42% of native american students graduate and It was beautiful to see all the people in there, but there was a speaker that said something on being that ripple effect. You know, when you drop the rock in the water and you start seeing the water Mm -hmm. ripple. A lot of the changes that we're making, the things that we're doing, whether you plan to have children, get married, or whatever you want to do, they're going to directly impact the next seven generations. You know, so like things that we're doing now, they might not always seem very big, um, but when we're intentional about the things we're doing, we're doing it with character and stuff like that. I think it has a way bigger difference on the generations to come. And we probably won't even get to see those things, but just knowing that we're making that change and overstepping poverty and, and yeah, it sure. means something different to everybody. As it well, does. So. Sure. so Cam, there is a 16 year old you just inside you right now, just trying to rip out and say, Hey, why didn't you tell me this stuff when I was younger? The stuff that you've learned, the stuff that you've, right. you know, taken a path and you created your own journey. So I, what I want to know is exactly. And our viewers want to know is what would you tell the 16 year old self, you know, the five tips, tricks, and hacks and how to take those steps in overstepping poverty. Man, that kind of reminds me of the question. if you know what you knew now, how would you act at 16? Right. Um, and I would say one, save some money. I have a spending problem like majority of Americans do, you yeah. know, and I think just because I didn't have it coming up, I need it now. Mm-hmm. And I treated everything like that. And I'm like probably the worst person to get any gifts from because I just go <laughs> get what I want, you know. Yeah. Um, that will be number one. I think number two would be really maybe have a tighter uh, relationship with my family, maybe get back to Memphis a lot sooner than Maybe I plan to or whatever the right. case may mm-hmm. be. I've done a great job maintaining the relationships that, like I said, I have in my family, but I would maybe get a little bit closer if I could. Number three would be, you know, like maybe education. There's certain things in life that we've kind of like piqued our interest. Right. And I wish I would have dove into a lot more things that 
piqued my interest and not to clack to daysical approach to it and right. just thinking I know enough of it and I'll be good. So education would probably be number three. Four, I would say really invest in myself, mm-hmm. invest in my dreams early on, even at 19, 20. And I invested in other ideas, whether it's time, money or whatever the case may be. And right. it wasn't until like 2019, I was just like, hey, fuck everything else. This is I'm doing this for me, you know, and mm-hmm. doing it my way. And so I would say like and kind of investing in yourself and my ideas and number five, just round it off by saying like, keep traveling and travel more would be um, the fifth thing. Yeah. See the world, change your perspective. See the world, man. There's some beautiful people out there. There's some beautiful places out there. And I've been lucky enough to see quite a bit of it. And like I said, I still got a long way to go. So absolutely. That's dope, man. I appreciate you sharing that stuff. Yes, we do. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to Overstepping Poverty. And thank you, Cam Young, for sharing your perspective on everything, as well as allowing us to learn more about East River Farms, your local medical dispensary. So again, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Again, Cam, appreciate you coming on. And thank you for having me. And um, like I said, if you hear this here in the city of Sioux Falls and you have a medical marijuana card, please stop and show some love to our dispensary. Uh, located on 69th and Louise, right in front of Willikers, the biggest liquor store in in South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. Where, if if somebody doesn't have their medical card and they want to get one, where can they go to do that? I would suggest them just to kind of Google um, different doctors who are licensed in Sioux Falls. Okay. You can start on the state website, which is just medicalcannabis.sd.gov, or you can maybe jump over to ciasd.com. They have a list of different practitioners on there. Okay. And so I'll just kind of leave it at that. Awesome. Absolutely. And until next time, Overstepping Poverty. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in overstepping poverty.